Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back. It's a new week, right? What a wonderful day um, it has been, but any day um, that we wake up and we're able to glorify the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for keeping me for another day. To me, that's a wonderful day, right? I don't know how y'all feel about it, but that's how I feel about it. Let me get everything up here so I'm able to acknowledge everybody that's coming in. Hey, Karen. Hey, sister-in-law. Glad to see y'all. Glad to see y'all. I hope y'all had um, a wonderful week last week. I hope your weekend uh, was blessed, uh, your Sabbath, you know, just all around, right? Uh, just being thankful and grateful to be here for another day. I'm so thankful and grateful to be here before you guys another day. I'm telling you, whoo. I just can't thank him enough for that, right? If it's your first time joining me, make sure you click the three little dots down there. Give me a good, strong follow. The way we do evangelism around here, if you're wondering, man, I really want to share the word, but I'm not sure how, you know how you do it. You click the three little dots, tell all your followers, right? You may even want to call your auntie, your, your uncle Rudy, anybody, and tell them, hey, that tornado's on. Come on over here and get your message for tonight. Hey, Sister Bogan. Oh, there's my mother Clark. I love me some mother Clark, y'all. I have missed y'all. Did y'all miss me? I really did miss you guys. So tonight we're going to be talking about answers, right? Y'all know I always come up with something good for the title, but we're going to talk about answers tonight. Focus change. And you probably saying, well, I'm not sure what answers are. You know, you may even be looking on dictionary.com to see if there's a definition for the word answers. There might be, but I guarantee you it's not what I'm going to relate it to tonight. Um, our scriptural context, you guys know I love to... Um, we have to lay a foundation, right? We have to put everything. We have to frame it. We have to focus this thing um, and get it going. Hey, I see Sister Bogan in there also, right? So our scriptural foundation, we will be coming out of Genesis uh, 12. Yeah, we'll be... Um, Mm -hmm. around Genesis 12 if you want to follow along with your word because like I say don't take my word for it right check my receipts right make sure I'm not adding to it taking from it we we coming straight from the word that's how we do it around here if it's your first time joining me I go by the name of Tornado I come in to educate and hopefully inspire healing of the mind body and spirit from areas that may have been damaged from trauma related abuses if you're not familiar with my story um I won't get into it tonight because this message um, has a lot of meat in it that I want to unpack and fill you guys up with tonight and send you off to bed nice and full. Uh, go back and check out some of the replays. Get to know a little bit about who I am, right? But I'm so glad to have you. If you're new, stick around. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tornadoes are on tonight, right? So let's talk about it. Focus change, watching out for the answers, right? We'll do the air quotes, those answers. Those answers will get us in a lot of trouble. But there are answers that work in our favor if it's in accordance with God's will, right? So first I want to talk about panic prompted mistakes, right? Panic prompted mistakes. And then I'm going to relate that. I'm going to flow right on into Genesis with it. That, yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Now, here we go. Panic prompted mistakes, right? We usually, those are mistakes that when we get in a hurry, uh, you know, we're not able to pay as much attention to detail, right? Things are a little, and eh, we're like, man, I'm not 
you know, I, I really don't want to wait. I want to go ahead and get this done, right? Our panic prompted mistakes can happen because we're afraid that something is going to happen, right? We're trying to anticipate what God's going to do, how God's hand is going to move, right? So we're afraid something's going to happen. So we make a move before we see how God moves, right? We take quick action to try and prevent a thing from happening, right? Hey, Miss Karen, glad to see you. Got both my Karens in the building. Oh, I just love it. I love it. Um, panic prompted mistakes can also happen when we're worried about something, right? We're so worried. We're so stressed out. Our, our focus is off, right? So we start making mistakes, you know, and just moving hurriedly, you know, not thinking things clearly through, right? And lastly, we get hesitant sometimes, right? About letting God take full control, really sticking with the word as it says, right? Because the word says he's our guide, right? He, 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 the, the uh, you know, his word is our roadmap, right? We read through it. We go to the word and ask for guidance, right? As opposed to calling, you know what? Let me call Sharonda and see what she think about this. No, we should go to the word first. So sometimes we're very hesitant to let God take control. So what happens? We handle it ourselves, which sometimes results in mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've had it happen to me. I speak solely from experience because it's happened to me on more than one occasion, right? So let's look at it in Genesis, right? You all remember the story of our boy, oh, our sweet, sweet, wonderful, wonderful Abraham, right? And you guys remember in Genesis, we're looking at Genesis 12. You guys remember God told Abraham to leave his homeland, and he told him to go to the land that God would show him, right? Where he and his family would be greatly blessed. God gave him specific instruction. Abraham, leave your homeland. This is where I want you to go, right? So, and he also tells Abraham, you know, we know according to the scripture, he's telling Abraham, you will be a father of a great nation, right? All the nations of earth are going to be blessed because of you, right? This is everything he's laying out specifically specific, clear instructions for Abraham, right? So then Abraham gets there, he builds, you know, the altar for him. And so he tells him, this is the land that I've promised you. He also follows that up and says, stay here, stay put, don't leave, don't go nowhere, stay here and don't leave this land. Well, we know as time passes along, if we advance to verse 10, Genesis 12 and verse 10, it tells us, now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Now what happens at this point? A biblical prompted panic mistake. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Abraham, uh, 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 you know, had told God, okay, I'm going to stay put. God says, stay put. This is the land. You'll be blessed. Everything's going on. But what happened when the famine kicked in, right? Panic kicks in. Abraham's like, look, I know you told me to stay here, but we got to go. The famine is coming. You know, my family, we can't sit here and starve. So we going to head out, right? So what happens? He panicked, packed up his bags, you know, probably a donkey, a couple of camels, whatever else they had, and he moved 
to Egypt, right? That's what he did. So it is like that, the start of that domino effect, right? Uh, let's look at it like this. Those panic prompted mistakes. You got a whole row of dom dominoes and you know, as soon as you go boom and you tip that one over, it's and they just roll and you can't stop it from there. It's just that domino effect. So the first panic mistake that he did was right there. He came outside of the instruction. He was like, we packing up. I know you told me to stay here. I know you told me I will be the father of many and of great nations, but I'm kind of not believing this right. And it's, I got to go. Me and my family, we out of here. So they went on over to Egypt, right? So first panic mistake. The second mistake, we know what happens, right? If we move on down to verses 11 and 13, we're in Genesis 12. What happens right as he's getting, you know, he gets there, he gets into Egypt, right? He looks over because they say his wife was very beautiful, right? He looks over. And scripture says, as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live, right? So he comes up with a plan. Okay, this is what we're going to say, right? We're going to say that you are my sister so that I'll be treated, uh, you know, so that I'll be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Second domino effect, right? Not staying because if he'd stayed put, he wouldn't have had to come up with any of these concoctions, any of these tall tales, right? But now he's over in Egypt. He's over in Pharaoh's territory, right? So mistake number two, he goes in, you know, he's already left the land. So then he goes in and he adds a little fibber tail off into it, right? Mistake number two. So the dominoes just start falling, right? One mistake after another, just, you know, that whole effect. So then you, the next thing you know, Abraham and Sarai, they're in, a, they're in quite a predicament, right, in Egypt. Now, what happens? God had to have direct intervention in order to save them, right? Sometimes that's what has to happen with us. He's given us specific instructions, but we don't want to let God have full control. She technically was his half-sister. I'm going to have to go back and look into that, Karen. Um... She, um, you know, so we don't want to give God that full control, right? And let him, you know, he's get, we know our, our gut instinct, that Holy Spirit nudge is telling us, I know what God has told me to do, but you know what? I'm just going to try it this way. And we end up going into that panic prompted mistake, right? A bad situation. So let's move it forward today, right? People make panic prompted mistakes. I've made many more than I have fingers and toes and paper or anything to be able to count, right? And the two areas that I want to talk about, the two answers that I want to talk about tonight, right? There's two common areas where we can make panic prompted mistakes. The first ants, romance right? You see that biological clock ticking. You see everybody around you saying, I do. You go in the store and right now Hallmark is playing all these movies where you go and, you know, you go out to look for you, a, you know, a, a holiday tree. And then, you know, you see this handsome man over there and you fall in love and you bump into each other with your cup of hot chocolate. You know, Hallmark, they doing stuff to people right now. They, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You sit and watch the movies and you're like, does this really happen, right? So 
so it starts, you know, a lot of people, it creates that panic inside of them when it comes to romance, right? You're like, man, my clock is ticking everybody around me. I'm tired of being single. You know what? I'm just going to settle for what comes. That's the first ants, that romance category, right? That requires a focus change, right? Our first ants, romance, right? <laughs> Let's look at it here. You're saying everybody seems like they've met the right one. Why can't I? We get in panic mode and the first thing that comes along singing and swinging, I take you. Mm -hmm. You're going to ask me to marry you? We can get married tomorrow. We can go ahead and do this thing, right? With, I'm telling you, <laughs> woo, panic will make us do some oddball things. It, it, it really, it really does, right? You grab the first one that comes along, the first one that pays you some tension. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, that have those father separation issues. They're looking for that, you know, that male role model and everything within their gut instinct is saying, this is not the man for me. Mm -mm, I can see he's no good and he ain't even made it up club, but you know what? I don't want to be alone. I can fix them. I can fix her. I can change them. That's not how any of this works. It's just not. I'm here to tell you. And if somebody has told you that, I'm telling you, they done lied to you. <laughs> they really have. And I'm so sorry about that. Right. You know, we get into relationships oftentimes that require us to just take all our morals, put them in a bucket and just throw them. Be like, well, here you go. Just throw all my morals out the window. I just don't care. Just for the sake of being married, whatever the, you know, you just go with it. So then that creates a domino effect. You know, you get with some Somebody. I was, you know, hearing about, you know, a young lady and, and you get with somebody and they say, well, I'm not really, you know, into this whole God, this whole church thing. But then your mind says, well, I don't want to lose this one because I don't know when I'm going to get me another one. I can get him or her to go to church. I know I can. I can. I can convert them. I can get them to put down the remote in the football game on Sunday or Saturday. And I can get them to become, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's not how any of this works, right? Right? You get and you say, well, I notice they having a little too many 12 packs every night, but you know what? I can fix that once we get married. I, I can fix all of this. That's not how any of this works. Situations like that put us in panic prompted mode, right? Those QCDs that I talk about, those quick chaotic decisions can lead to just a whole bunch of unnecessary headaches, right? If we just let God guide and the word guide, right? We end up there. Another ants that we get in a whole bunch of situations with the holidays coming up. Woo. People going to be out, swipe a, swipe a, swipe a, swipe, 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 swipe. We talking about those finances. That's the ants that we talking about. We talked about the romance. Now it's the finances that require a focus change, right? I know I have been there, especially in this finance area. And it's so easy to get caught up in it. People saying, oh, buy now pay later. You know what? You got 12 easy installments of $7.99. You know, and you look at it, you like, shoot, only $7 a month. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'll be all right. I'll pay off this $3,000 in no time. Shop it up, shop it up, right? Putting ourselves in debt, going above and beyond, you know, at the register, just checking out and you smiling, but you looking at the cashier like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this when that credit card bill come in in January, right? And then it starts that domino effect. So then you know that there's more month than money. You know you have more
more bills than money, right? So then comes that panic prompted mistake, right? What do we do? You know what? I'm going to have to, oh, I was on my way down and I think I saw a payday loan place. Let me go down there and get a payday loan. You get caught up in that cycle or you go in a place and they say, let's consolidate all of this. You know what? And we can bring your interest rate down, but you can pay for the next 300 years. And then you get your paper and you just sign and sign it. And then you look and you said 31.5% interest. I could have just kept what I had, right? But again, that will put us in (laughs) finances. If you don't make quiet, calm decisions because i tell you there's two ways that you can qcd your life you can make quick chaotic decisions or you can make quiet calm decisions sit with the word vegetate on it and say god is this what i need to do is this is in accordance with your word is this in accordance with your will do i really need this you know is it really worth me putting myself into this bind to impress people that have not talked to me all year but because the holidays are coming around i'm finna go out and i'm gonna shop it up shop it up shop it up just so they can open something look at and say, oh, I love it. And then as soon as you leave their house, they're going to say, oh, I'm so glad they gone. And then when you get home, you look and say, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay for none of this stuff, right? So we have to be careful with these answers. I'm telling y'all, they will trip us up every time. And I remember as I was putting this together, I remember when I got my first checkbook, right? And mm, mm, mm. now, even though they, what's that saying? Uh, ignorance is no exception. Uh, what is that? Uh, is it, how does that saying go? Ignorance is nine tenths of the law. Or what's that saying? You guys know uh, what I'm talking about. But I get my first checkbook right back in the day, about 1920 or so. Man, well, all I saw was paper. Nobody bothered to tell me I needed paper inside that bank account, right? I thought as long as I had checks, I could keep on writing. What did that do? That created a real bad domino effect, created a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of problems, way too many problems for me to count. So many problems that it took my credit score down to like a negative 250, if that's even possible, the lowest number possible to where people wouldn't even if I needed a rock they'd be like "Mm -mm, we can't give you this rock on credit you know it was that bad but thank you Lord thank you Lord for wisdom and guidance and I'm in the mid 800s now so and I'm quite proud of that and and I keep meaning to check to see what the highest is because that's what I'm going for right so you can come out of that thing if you make if you've made some of them quick chaotic money decisions it is possible to come out of it Mm -hmm. I tell you it is possible right so now Uh, Let's look at it here. Panic prompted mistakes. They often start out, though, as simple little mistakes, right? But again, it's like that falling domino effect. And once that momentum gets out of hand, it can turn into a dangerous situation. It's like trying to push a 5,000-pound boulder up a hill with one arm. And if that momentum, if your foot slips, your arm gives out, your wrist gives out, it's just you and that boulder. And it's just a dangerous tumble 
all the way down. So make sure you're watching those answers, right? Those romance areas and those finance areas, right? But the great thing about it, you know, if we QCD, quiet, calm decisions instead of the quick, chaotic decisions. But let's look here at Psalms 31 because, you know, I, I, I don't just go through and say, this is the problem. I always say, let's look at this as a solution, right? Psalm 31, right? And this is the Psalm written by David. We know David, right? He was no, he was far from innocent. Y'all know about David, right? Right? So after, you know, all of the mistakes, everything that he went through, in Psalms 31, he pours his heart out, right? He pours his heart to God in this Psalm, and I love it. If you look at verse 2, David pleads with God, turn your ear to me, come quickly to my rescue, be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me, right? I love that. So he's saying, Lord, I know I've messed up. I know I've made a bunch of mistakes. I know I haven't done a lot of things right, but turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. I need you now. I messed up in my answers somewhere down the road, right? To be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. And then if you jump down and look at verse Verses four and five, he says, free me from the trap that is set for me. You are my refuge into your hands. I commit my spirit, right? Then bump on down. Look at verses nine and 10. David continues and says, be merciful to me. Oh Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years, my uh, my years by groaning, my strength fails because of my sins. Did you hear that? David is saying, I'm laying it all out to you. All the scars, all the ugly sores, all the lies, everything that I've done, I'm laying it out here, right? Here's all the sins that I've committed, right? I know I can fool other people, right? Just as we can fool, we can easily fool people. I walked around fooling a lot of people like I was real happy for a lot of years. Years, right? We know we can put on that front, right? That mask. We put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, right? Here's the sins that I've committed. I can fool others, but I can't fool you, Lord. So here it all is. In Psalms 31, David lays it all out, right? Um, a quick recap, right? We were talking about, we started out talking about in Genesis, you know, how Abraham made that first mistake. You know, God had told him, don't you leave. You know, you stay right here. This is the land that's promised to you. You have a lot of things that, uh, there's a lot of things that I have planned for you, but what happens? Abraham says, mm -mm, I'm going to head up out of here. It's a famine that's going to take place. So me and my family, we had known up out of here, right? So we know then the next thing, hey, Janice, hey, Karen, uh, let's see how it goes this time, right? So I'm just going to go back through and recap. So those of you that were on part one, just be patient. Um, so that way I can recap everybody, you know, that wasn't here in that first one, right? Welcome, 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 right? Uh, we're talking about panic-prompted mistakes, right? Panic-prompted mistakes, mistakes that we make because we get in a hurry or because we're afraid something is going to happen. So we're trying to pre-anticipate 
create and get ahead of that thing and say, you know what, if I go ahead and make this move, it's almost like a chess game to try and outdo fate, right? To be like, mm, you know what, God, you know what, I know God may be going this way, but I'm going to try and go this way, right? We try and cut things off at the past, right? We're worried about something. And, and so again, that can create panic prompted mistakes, right? We're hesitant to let God take full control of a situation. So we try and handle it ourselves, right? Which usually results in a mistake. And as I said in, uh, you know, part one, I've made plenty of these, um, God, non-guided, quick, chaotic decisions, right? That just led to all sorts of chaos in my life, right? So then we talked about Abraham, how, you know, how God has said, look, you stay put, you stay right here. This is the land that's promised for you, right? Uh, you're going to be the father of a great nation, right? Of all nations of earth. But when the famine kicked in, Abraham's like, I got to go. We out of here. I'm packing up my family. So then they move on. He heads on down to Egypt. Then going into Egypt, you know, he's saying, oh, you know what, Sarah, we're going to tell people you're my sister, right? So we know in that situation, God, again, you know, that it started that domino effect as we were talking about in part one, you know, one thing leads to another. So then he's telling people, you know, just say you're my sister. Well, we know that gets him in a predicament and Pharaoh's like, look, why did you do this to me? Why didn't you just, you know, be honest in the first place? For those of you not familiar with the story, you can find that in Genesis 12, um, and read through 12, 13, um, yeah, 12 and 13 for sure on that part. But, you know, Pharaoh's like, look, uh, 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 take her. You know, that whole story is a really interesting story if you aren't familiar with it. Great passage to go through and study. But God had to come in and directly intervene to get Abraham out of that situation. Now, But had he stayed put, he wouldn't have had any Mm, excuse me, any of those issues, right? But God had to come in and set the situation right, uh, you know, and get him going. So then we brought that forward, you know, to present day mistake, watching those answers, you know, romance, being quick to move, quick to settle, quick, you know, quick to, you know, just accept anything. Somebody comes along and they pay us attention, you know, they're giving us, uh, you know, just showering you with gifts. And you're like, yep, this is the person for me. Yep. This is the person. But when all warning signs are saying, nope, mm -mm. all signs from God, even your inner Holy spirit is like, mm -mm. let, let this one go. Let this one go. Right. So romance. And then we talked about how rush decisions and finances can get us into a whole heap, lot of trouble. Right. So we, uh, those are two main answers that we have to be really, really careful with. And then we were closing it out and summarizing it with Psalms 31, right? Looking at how everything that David had done, but he went and poured his spirit out. He poured his soul out. Psalm 31, he goes and he's telling God, turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge. I know I've done a lot of things, right? And then if you look at verses four and five, free me from the trap that is set for me. You are my refuge. In 9 and 10, David goes on and he's saying, be merciful to me because he knows, right? He's like, oh Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, right? He's laying everything out there. Here's all the sins that I've committed. Here it is. You know, he wasn't holding anything back in that Psalms. 
And the thing here, and, and, and you know, God sees, you know, the neglect. He, of course, sees the immorality in David's life, but he doesn't say, you know, to David, he doesn't look at David and say, well, that's what you get. So sad, too sad. You know, like when we go through things, and of course, what's the first thing that people like to come and say, I told you so. I told you so, mm-hmm, that's what you get, right? That's what you get for going over there. That's what you get for marrying him. That's what you get for going out, spending all that money when you knew you didn't have it. That's what you get, That you know? But God did not do that with David, you know? He, I just love this. David realizes that God's not doing that to him. So then in verse 8 of Psalms 31, David praises him. You have not handed me over to the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place, right? We know when our sins, sometimes it can feel like we've committed so many sins. We've done so many wrongs to like, we're just in a pit being smothered by them, right? From the shame, blame, the guilt, the worry, everything that's caused us to, you know, make those panic prompted mistakes is led us in those pits, right? But then look here, David in 19 and 20, he cries out, how great is your goodness, which you've stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them. God hides and forgives and protects despite all of the mistakes, all of the things that we do wrong, right? All of the times we stumble, all of the times we fall, right? God still says, come, I want to forgive you. And one of my, the passages, a passage that gets used a whole heap a lot, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, commit adultery, are our male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. This pat now verse 11, first Corinthians six and 11 is my compassion. My heart verse that verse right there. Listen to it. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So no matter what mistakes that you've made through panic prompted mistakes or quick chaotic decision, God still says, come, I want to forgive you, right? First Corinthians six and nine. If you're any of the things in the list, I was quite a few of the things in that list as a matter of fact. But then when I get down to verse 11 and it says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. See that, that, that first Corinthians six and nine, people like to use, you know, nine and 10 and throw it at us, throw it at us, throw it at us all the time, but they don't back it up with 11 to say, but some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God, right? Now, growth and passion for God, right? Growth and passion. Once the passion for God grows, passion for 
things of the world, for people of the world, for all of the things that they go through in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, as your passion for God grows, right? As your faith strengthens, that all of that stuff, that lessens, right? And there's stages to it. You know, and I see a lot of people and they're spinning their wheels and, you know, they're spending money. They're paying, oh, you know what? I need a $5,000 course. I need a $20,000 uh, coach to tell me. The system simply is, it's a set of three Ds, deliverance, development, destiny. You start with the deliverance, you work on your development, and God will always reveal your destiny, your destination, right? We're on that journey now, trying to get to that. A lot of us are just wandering aimlessly through, like I named my book, From Wandering to Walking in Faith, Breaking the Strongholds of Abuse, just wandering around from day to day, just lost, right? Just moving. Call my, you know, I used to say I'm moving in the groove. I was moving in a groove, all right, one that was getting me further and further further and further from where I needed to be, right? I needed to make a focus change, right? So God knows where he wants to take us. We just have to watch. And as, as I titled this, right? Focus change. Watch those answers, the romances, the finances. Let God guide your answers is how I want to close this out, right? Abundance, your finances. Go seek him for counsel, right? Romance, you know, look for godly wisdom, godly counsel in that romance, right? In our performances, right? Another answer right there, your performance. Make sure their performances, their acts that please God, your circumstances circumstances, right? Don't put yourself into that type of ants, type of circumstance that cause, puts you in a position where you have, you're like, I'm backed in a corner that I'm headed right. I, I, I'm back. To, I've got myself into this. I'm, yep, this, yep, I'm about to sin right now because I've got myself into this. Don't put, get yourself in those type of answers, those type of circumstances that are going to have to cause you to do something outside of the word of God, right? Also fire insurance, right? Good insurance. Get into the word and live it. Get yourself some insurance. Come on now. Then don't keep yourself at a distance, right? That's the ants right there. Don't keep yourself at a distance from God. Enhance your life. First John 2, 17. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever, right? Don't just glance. There's an ants for you. Don't just glance at the scriptures. Study to show thyself approved. Advance yourselves in the scripture. Like I always say, don't take my word for what I read that Psalms 31. Go back, study to show yourself approved. Check my receipts. Don't look and just take my word for what I say happened in Genesis 12. Go back and look, study, advance yourself in the word, right? Your eternal focus once that changes once you focus and lock it in that it's eternal focus that 
should change your temporary focus, your temporary perspective, your temporary outlook, the way that you're currently seeing and doing things, right? And if we remember, like David said, those that take refuge in God because God hides, forgives, and protects. And a lot of the times he wants us hidden, but that flesh starts screaming. You want the limelight. You need everybody to see you. This is what you need to do. So again, we make a a panic prompted mistake because we move out side of God's will. When he wants, he's trying to hide. He's covering us until it's time while we're working on the deliverance, the development, so we can move along that destination towards our destiny and our purpose, right? Make sense? how we're going with this, right? So just remember that as you're going through, no matter what you've done, no matter what panic prompted mistakes, look at Abraham. He still brought him through. Look at everything that David did. Go back, get into the scriptures that we use, see the mistakes they made. So don't sit under that blanket of shame, blame, guilt, worry, and continue to make those same panic prompted decisions. God says, I got you come on, come on, just come on, just come, repent, cleanse that thing and move on. And remember, like I referred to in uh, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11, some of you were once like that, but you were cleanse, right? That's my message for tonight. It looks like we made it through it on the second try. Uh, For those of you that came in on the second part, uh, you may have to go back and uh, catch the first one. I have no way to join them together, but these will be compacted all into one uninterrupted video over on um, at Tornado Network YouTube channel. If you want to sit and watch the whole thing uninterrupted once I put it together. If you're listening to this on one of the podcast outlets, as always, thank you so much iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. We're on all of them. Google Podcasts, right? Tornado on the go. All right. I'm out of here until tomorrow night. Walk good. Do good. Be good. Tornado, I'm out. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.